This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The Leafs live here. Batherson into the Toronto zone. Nice move. And then a lunging play made by Giordano. Took the puck away. Played out at center. Zach Aston Reese trying for the empty net. And the defenseman got in the way. And the game is over. A 3-0 shutout victory for Ilya Samsonov. And the Maple Leafs take another step closer to home ice advantage in the first round. Joe Bowen with the final call. Well said. 3-0 the Leafs win in Ottawa. At home to Detroit on Sunday night, tomorrow night, and then at home to Columbus. And maybe they firm it all up Thursday night in Boston. Wouldn't that be something? Welcome to the postgame show. Jim Taddy, Frank Corrado, and Jimmy Ralph with you. And Ralphie, you, you know, we go over a lot of things here, but I'm going to the top of the list. Samsonov was uh, selected as the number one star of the game, and I thought that guy was razor sharp tonight. Um, Yeah, I, I mean, effective. Uh, I thought there were a couple of moments where you went, oh, no. <laughs> you know, that, uh, you know, he was able to trap pucks under his pad, or, uh, you know, there was one in the third period that rattled around five hole, and he kind of spun around and, uh, but it was one of those games where everything worked. and But I, I thought they were really good in front of him. You know, I don't think they gave up a whole lot. Um, you know, even in the first period, the Leafs only had five shots. But, uh, it, you know, Ottawa had some looks in the power play in the first period. But I thought for the most part, it was it was a solid defensive game, which, you know, even though you would expect Marner and Matthews to be on the score sheet, um, I thought it was defense first that uh, that really won it for them. Serious business here. Very important stuff. What kind of nickname are we going with for Redeem Zahorna? Is it going to be Redeem the Dream, Big Z, or the Flying Z? Uh, boy, Zorro. Go with Zorro. Zorro. That's the first time I've heard that tonight. I haven't seen that circulating Twitter yet. Well, I, I, I create my own stuff. I don't come. <laughs> <laughs> well. So you you just randomly came up with the name Zorro, Jimmer? Is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, <laughs> just for this instance, they, only they might, in this situation. They, they might make, <laughs> they might make a movie out of that. Yeah, you could be rich. <laughs> yeah. They might even put a mask on the guy. Oh, hey, guy. Now, hey, now what was the guy's name? What was Zorro's uh, true identity? What was the guy's name? Jim Taddy. Oh, no. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I gotta <laughs> look that up. I gotta, I gotta uh, look it up. Not, not, yeah, not D'Artagnan was one of the three musketeers, but it was something Don Don something. Yeah, Don Don. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, we'll, we'll get I a don't guy. Know. Don't worry but about it. He was good. Oops. Like the, the the big fella was good tonight, and I know he scores the goal. But then in the third period, he has that one shift where he's playing down low. He has a couple hits, makes a couple passes to the point, comes up with a puck or two, and you're thinking, man, like they they could use a guy like this, couldn't they? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean that's. That's the, I, I, all I could think of was, oh, my God, if if he gets another one, people are going to want him to be captain for the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I was waiting for that. Like, <laughs> if this guy got one in the third period, Twitter would have exploded. Yeah, Where has but, this guy been but, the whole time? But I will say, I mean, the goal aside, he was noticeable. You know, when it, winning some battles and, uh, you know, Pierre Engvall was always a guy where you, you always went, really, he's 6'3", six, 6'4", six, because he, he just never played big. And... um you know, I, I think we saw the big uh, the big Z tonight. Uh, Just a minute, we'll, I, we'll I, can, I Don I Don Diego. I, Don Diego is that the Zorro Don one Diego De La Vega. There we go. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I'll take uh, Greek mythology for 600, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir, the category is not on the board tonight. <laughs> wow. Okay, so there, that takes the air. It takes the air right out of the postgame show. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the response in the second period. I thought it was not, not the greatest of starts there, but, boy, they, I don't know what was said in the dressing room there. They made their adjustments, didn't they? Yeah, and, and even, you know, the power play, even though they didn't capitalize on the power play, I thought it looked sharp. Um, you know, and they moved the puck around as well. Uh, Joe brought up a pretty good point. The differential between Ottawa's power plays and uh, and penalty kills this year is, it's I think, 50-some, the difference. So, um, you know, they've uh, the Senators have had a lot of practice this year with the extra man. But, yeah, I thought the Leafs had their composure, and I thought it was really important, especially when you consider two weeks ago they were in Ottawa. They give up a goal late. Um, even though they went on to win a shootout, the goalie pulled. Uh, you know, Nashville scored two late ones. Carolina scored late. And uh, the Florida Panthers, you know, uh, yeah. three nights ago, same thing. Uh, scored with the goalie pulled. So um, I was really impressed with the third period that uh, they were able to shut it down and, and didn't give the Senators anything to get excited about as far as a comeback was concerned. Going back to the power play, Ralphie, it seemed like when they got out there and they finally got set up, way more emphasis on having a shot um, very shortly after getting set up. I think in the past, like especially in that Florida game, they almost waited to make too many passes, and by the time they tried to deliver something to the net, it was one shot retrieved by Florida down the ice or a pass got picked off. And I know there was a time where Matthews and Riley are playing catch at the point and it kind of gets picked off, but you're seeing, okay, one guy wants to take a one-timer. They're definitely trying to establish some kind of a shot, and I think that would serve them much better, especially early on in the power play if they do keep up with that mentality. Yeah, I remember Pat Quinn used to have a, a phrase for that when when the power play was struggling. He'd say, we're trying to pass the puck into the net. You know, we're trying to make all these great plays where somebody just has a six-inch a uh, little tap in uh, to finally put it in. And I, I think, you know, if you don't have the uh, the one-timer like Stamkos, Ovechkin, Hedman, uh, or Kucherov that you see in, in uh, Tampa on a regular basis, um, you know, sometimes you can get away from that, uh, throw it to the net, and, and look for the ugly one. And, you know, the majority of power play goals are, you know, through screens, rebounds, redirections, of, especially if you don't have that weapon in the circle that's going to hammer it. Well, speaking of Tampa Bay, you just mentioned them. They've caught fire here recently, and Andre Vasilevsky is looking like that alien that he usually is. Like the last few games, he had a shutout tonight. He had a 968 uh, a day ago. He had another shutout against Carolina on the 28th. He had a 941 against Boston on the 25th. It's just like these guys are heating up at the wrong time now for the Leafs. Yeah, I mean, it's... uh... I don't know. I think I'd be just as worried if they struggled going in, you know, because sometimes that makes the senses a little keener where where you're saying, boys, like we know what we have to do, and, and you buckle down. And as we all know, things things get a lot tighter uh, once you get to the postseason. So um, yeah, I, I think I might have been a little worried because, you know, the media would have picked up on it and said, oh, you know, Tampa's really struggled the last month or so. You've got to feel good about your chances. <laughs> And yeah, uh, and that that that's sometimes a kiss of death. And they can't have that mentality. Like no. there, there's no way they go into that series, even if Tampa was struggling, like you mentioned, heading in, and they lost a bunch in a row. It's like you can't go into that 
series thinking, oh, we have them right where we want them, and they're going to roll over. Because as soon as you think that, forget about it. Tampa's been through that way too many times. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's why I almost feel better that Tampa's getting on a bit of a roll because then it's like, boys, uh, they're back, and, uh, and, and we better be ready for it. Well, when you look at what the Leafs have added here, I mean, six players at the deadline. We've seen, the, you know, the, the the group of them play, although a couple of them are injured. Uh, but I mean, they they added a lot here. It should be enough, right? Yeah, I, I, you know, and I think the, the the bottom line is you want to get Achari back, and obviously Ryan O'Reilly, um, hopefully next week as well. So uh, you can start, to, you know, to smooth those those lines out. And um, Sheldon Keefe isn't committed as to what he'd be doing for Game One. And, um, you know, you really want to see the lineup as healthy as possible um, to allow Sheldon Keefe to get that, you know, five or six games anyway where you can, um, you know, mix and match and, and get the lineups that uh, you think you're going to be comfortable with. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure, you know, at what point that he's going to say, okay, this is it. I know Frankie brought it up that Michael Bunting was put back with Matthews and Marner is, is probably a reward as much as anything else for the way that he played tonight. And um, I, I think you've got to have a, a lot of those instances where um, you're comfortable putting guys uh, together that's, that's going to give you the best chance. Not, not necessarily, uh, you know, the best offensive lines, but maybe the best lines that can, you know, counter what Tampa does at the other side of things. Well, we always talk about momentum, right? And we always talk about it from a player's point of view, but coaches understanding and recognizing when someone maybe has a little more jump in their step because they've scored a goal or um, did something that gave them a little more confidence. And so as, as much as the players factor in, sometimes the coaches factor in as well, Ralphie. And that's a great example you just brought up where it's like you see Michael Bunting going, your team's struggling to produce some offense throughout this game. Like the goals they did score – the, the the bunting goal that's a broken play and then the Nylander goal that's you know that's another broken play off a off a face off and then uh, Zahorna's goal is is off some nice offensive zone pressure where he comes off the bench but um, you know to your point like if you're gonna ride the wave as a player it's important to have a coach that has a good pulse on things as well yeah it reminds me of, of two real quick stories and one is uh, remember Scotty Bowman used to change the lines so much in in Montreal. Um, that Steve Shutt had the line that um, Scotty Bowman at one point said, Lemaire's line, you're up. And Steve Shutt turned around and said, who's on it? <laughs> because he had made so many changes. Yeah. And then the other one, I remember Jim McKenney uh, early in his career with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, Leafs were playing in Chicago, and I think they were losing 7-1 late in the third period, and Jim McKenney didn't have a shift to this point, and the coach, uh, Punch in Black, sent him out. Uh Jim McKinney got halfway to the face-off dots, came back to the bench and said, do you want me to win it or tie it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't believe he got another shift after that. No, <laughs> that was, no. That, that, no. Was, that was a little different no. uh, bench management in yeah. those days, but yeah. that's, that's oh, why yeah. Howie McKinney is one of the greatest personalities <laughs> in the history of the game. Yeah, a little bit diff different bench management, but... <laughs> Like, speaking of managing things in the rosters, like, there's no way I want to see another Leaf game without Luke Shen in the lineup. I just think I'm what he you. does, like, what he does in and around the front of the net, the box outs, there was one play where him and Tim Stutzla are going back for a puck at the exact same time, and it's like just Shen's presence and big frame kind of uh, – made Stutzla back off a little bit and he made a nice pass up the middle of the ice. I just think 
Like that's the kind of guy that the Leafs need to have in the lineup every single night, especially in the playoffs. Yeah, and and then you know add uh, Jake McCabe to that mix as well. But I'm I'm with you with Luke Shannon, and you know kind of the most noticeable thing you see. You know we we saw him early in his career here in Toronto, and you see him now. But but there's some swagger now, and and it's it's not cockiness, it's not uh, over the top, but you could just see that uh, he knows exactly what his job is and how he's going to go about doing it. And if that means, um, you know, you do your job with a bit of a snarl, then, um, you know, better for the least once you get to the postseason. But I'm right with you. I, I think he's, yeah. he's got to be an automatic. Whether you yeah. go with a six or seven, he's got to be one of them. Well, you know what it is, too. You're not asking too much from him, right? You're just asking the stuff that's right in his wheelhouse. And, you know, like people like to talk about how on Tampa he was the six, seven, nine minutes a night, 11 minutes a night. Well, that's because they had guys like McDonough and Chernak and Hedman, to, Hedman who were monsters, who could do all that box out stuff, who could do all that gritty work. But on the Leafs, it's like, you know, Brody's a nice player for sure, moves the puck well, but he doesn't have that element. McCabe, as much as he's been a, a welcome addition, he doesn't have that. Like, you, you go up and down the roster and you're like, that's the guy who has that element, so you absolutely need to have that in the lineup every single night. Tampa had four other guys that do what Luke Shen does. Yeah, and, and the other side of that as well is if you want to bring Morgan Riley into the mix, um, Morgan Riley's best years, uh, you, you know, when he was a 20-goal scorer, uh, he was playing with Ron Hainsey, who incidentally also wore number two. Uh, but, you know, same, you know, similar player where it was more stay at home. Uh, you know, you you jump up when you can, but uh, but I got your back. So, um, you know, that might be part of the combination as well that could work with the Leafs is if, if in fact, that Riley and Shen are going to be regular uh, defense partners. Well, and Morgan Riley, did you not see him tonight up in the play a lot, like especially in the offensive zone? It just seems <laughs> like when he has that kind of presence beside him, it feels like he he feels a little more comfortable getting involved offensively, but it didn't seem to like didn't seem to take anything away from the team defensively. Whereas you think you know there's some nights maybe he's trying to push the envelope a little too much. I felt like he was active offensively, but it didn't really result in anything that was going negatively the other way. No, although there was one time the puck went around the boards and and you look and and you say, wait, that's Morgan Riley in behind the Ottawa net that just yeah. got off the pass. You're kind of going. <laughs> All right, uh, let's let's hope everybody else has picked up their assignment if there's a turnover. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've always felt that with Morgan Riley, um, his, his greatest strength and greatest weakness could be decision making. And um, you know what? When he seems to struggle, there there seems to be a lot of poor decisions. And when it's more defense first and, and picking your spots a little better. Um, you know, he's very, very effective, and, and I agree with you tonight. Uh, you notice him jump up, but never really at the expense of defense. Ralphie, thanks for hanging around. Appreciate Great. it. Thanks, boys. That's Jim Ralph. 3 nothing. Uh, the Leafs win in Ottawa. We'll come back and wrap it up further. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app, and the Leafs Radio Network. This is Leafs Game Night. On TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network, the Leafs live here. And they're pretty happy tonight, winning 3-0 in Ottawa, coming home to play Detroit tomorrow night at Scotiabank Arena. Jim Taddy and Frank Corrado with you. Uh, Frankie C., that was a a take-care-of-business effort, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was one of those games where it's clean, it's efficient, you get the job done, and um, there there may have not been the flurry of chances that uh, we've become accustomed to with this Leafs team. They made good on the chances they did have, and they played stingy defense as well as had some good goaltending along the way. So um, you look at a game like that, and, and you kind of see, okay, where does that fit when it comes to the, the playoff picture? Well, there's going to be nights where the other team is going to have a few more opportunities. Maybe they're going to have the puck more than you'd like, but you need to find a way to win that game, and sometimes it's the timely goal mixed in with the timely save and um, you know a bend-but-not-break attitude, but I thought that's a really tidy, efficient performance by the Leafs against a, an Ottawa team that has plenty of skill and uh, playing some pretty desperate hockey right now, although I will say compared to some of the games Ottawa has played recently, that one lacked a little bit of that desperation. And um, admittedly, it's hard to play like that every single game. But the Leafs did a really good job of keeping them to zero. And um, that's from the goaltender right on out. Yeah, not the start the Leafs wanted. So an adjustment uh, after the first period. Michael Bunting, on what changed after the first 20? Um, yeah, I thought, you know, the first period, I don't think we, we got a lot of uh, shots directed um, at the net. And, um yeah, I think that was one of our main focuses, and I, th- I thought we came out in the second and, and started off that off right away. So, um, yeah, I thought it was a good second to get some momentum and and uh, put the game on our side. How did you find that puck as it was bouncing? Yeah, I was just I just batted it down, and I kind of knew I was in the slot and just wanted to rip that. And I was fortunate that it, it went in. So, yeah, that felt good. Would you make Avilia's work tonight? Yeah, he was great. He was unbelievable for us. He shut the wall, uh, shut the door, and uh, yeah, he's been doing that all year for us. So um, we're very confident when he's in he's in the net, and uh, and it's fun to watch when he he's dialed in like that. What are your first impressions of Radham and how did the bench react with <laughs> Big Z? Yeah, that was great. He played a great game every time he was out there. He was he was in on the forecheck, using his body, and, and he has he has some skill for a, a big boy like that too. So um, yeah, it was nice to see that he was able to to pot one in there, and um, yeah. Yeah, he played great tonight. Did you know anything about him at all? Or? No, I did not. But when I first met him, the first impression was this guy's huge. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I think yeah, I think he's a great player, and uh, yeah, I, I thought he, I, he, I thought he had a really good game. In terms of your team's body of work right now, where do you guys think you're finding your stride, or where do you think you're at right now? Yeah, I think um, I think we responded really well um, in the second period. Obviously, the first period we weren't getting enough pucks to the net and, and driving the play. And I thought, you know, we we uh, turned it around in the second and then um, gave them not much, um, even when they were on the six on five for about I don't even know how long that was, like three and a half minutes. So, um, and we had some big kills. So that, that that's huge. And I think we got to uh, build on momentum and we got a quick turnaround here uh, with Detroit. So, um, yeah, short memory and look forward to tomorrow. It looked like you were getting rewarded for your goal or your play with getting some more shifts back. Yeah, I, to be honest, I'm very confident in who I am and who I am as a player. So it doesn't matter where I'm playing. I, I, I want to contribute and I want to help this team win. So, um, yeah, no, I've been doing that. And I, I, was, I felt good about my game tonight. I was, I was hard on the forecheck, forcing things, uh, for, forcing pucks and, uh, to turn over and create some offense. And I felt like I was good on the defensive side as well. So, um, yeah, I just got to keep playing and keep being confident in who I am. Michael Bunting opened the scoring at 123 of the second period. Who knew that that was going to be the game-winning goal? But it was. Um, you know, we talked a lot about the forwards and, and the you know sort of the search there. And obviously, with a couple of guys out, it's it's not firm. But I think you could say safely, Frankie, see that from the blue line in, everything has solidified, hasn't it? Yeah, for sure. And and you know, we're starting to see this deep pair of McCabe and Brody. 
Um, just really solid defensively. They move the puck really well. And the thing that stands out the most, Jimmy, there's just no panic in their game. Anytime they're hemmed in their zone for um, any period of time, it seems like they do a really good job of sorting things out and maybe getting in some lanes, blocking some shots, and waiting for the perfect opportunity to finally get the puck down the ice. But as far as moving the puck with that D pair, they move it pretty well, clean and efficient. Um, and Giordano and Hall, when they play that kind of game, it just seemed like a pretty simple game for them. And Riley and Shen, like we talked about with Ralphie, where Shen is doing a lot of that grunt work in and around the front of the net. There's one shift where he's following Brady Kachuk around the ice, boxing him out. I don't think he even looked at where the puck is once. He's like, no, this is my guy. I'm boxing him out. I know he's a dangerous player and he's going to find a way to get the puck. So um, that kind of allows Morgan Riley to do his thing a little more offensively, which, um, you know, to Ralphie's point, that's when we've seen him at his best when he plays with someone like Ron Hainsey. And, you know, maybe we get to see that here with with the Riley and Shen pairing. But um, and then you look at in, in net Ilya Samsonov, it's a road game. But there's a lot of Leaf fans in the stands. Uh, but he should be feeling pretty confident after that performance stops 30 shots on the night to lead the Leafs to a 3 nothing win. What I like about Shen, and I don't know, I, I, I'm sure Muzzin would have had this effect, uh, when, when the opposition is aware that it's him on the ice, they do give him space. They back they off, do. don't they? Yeah. 100%. And you notice it a lot when he's going back for a puck. Like if a puck gets dumped in and he's going back for it to try and break it out, and it, you you name it. If it's Stutzla, it's Batherson, it was Kachuk on a number of occasions. It's like, and it's almost like players can't get around him. They can't get through him because he's got such a big frame. And it's one thing to be... And I've said this to you before. It's one thing to be six foot one, 195 pounds, and play with some tenacity and some intensity and run around and all that kind of stuff. It's different to be built the way a big body player like Luke Shen is, where um, everything like that, it just comes a little bit easier. You just you mark your territory a little bit more. And um, he's, he's a guy now where I, I don't think you take him out of the lineup. In fact, I say that third pair right hand spot like that's his and um you know timothy lilligren i thought had a good game as well tonight as the seventh guy the question for sheldon keith heading into the playoffs are you going to go 12 and 6 are you going to go 11 and 7 and um if you do go with one how quickly do you pull the trigger and go to the other well that's an interesting premise though isn't it that you could go 11 and 7 in the playoffs uh, and i don't know that we're even talking about it happening every night but but it seems to me that 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 might be something they would strongly consider what do you think it's starting to feel like that's something they would consider especially when you see a game like tonight and we've seen others in the past where um it's just the kind of game they play when it's 11 and 7 this this one just felt like at no point did you ever feel like this game was going to get out of hand, out of touch. You felt like everyone is, was involved in the game. And Sheldon Keefe did a really nice job of juggling the lines and managing the momentum uh, of players. You know, like Michael Bunting is a guy who starts on the third line tonight, but he scores a goal. He's got some jump in his legs. And, and next thing you know, he's playing up on the top line. And, um, you know, Keefe does a nice job of recognizing that and, um, even someone like Mitch Marner, who gets to play a little bit more uh, in a game like tonight. And, and you know, even Callie Yonkrook, Jimmy, 
you know, if Michael Bunting is going up to play on the first line, that comes at the expense of Cali Yarncroke. So Sheldon Keith finds a way to get him a little more ice time elsewhere. Um, listen, it's all about options. It's all about having different tools, and they certainly have that with this team. It's just about how you're going to maximize that um, in a really crucial first round of the playoffs. So one of the other goal getters tonight was uh, Radim Zahorna, and uh, here he is post game. Uh, he was asked what it was like to contribute in his first game with the Leafs. I felt great. You know, be be part of this team, be be right next to these big big players, uh, great players. Such a honor, and uh, I'm just enjoying every minute here. When you were you thinking when you were releasing that puck? Are you just trying to get it to the net? You kind of had that in mind. I uh, I got a great pass, and uh, I had a time shot, so I shoot and. Uh, it was a goal, so that was epic. What were you told at the time of the trade? Like, you know, you're starting with the Marlies and stuff. Like, how hopeful were you that you'd actually get up with the Leafs? Yeah, I had a, the first week after the trade, I had a, had a really busy because uh, I was traveling, traveling across the country from uh, Calgary to to Newark and Toronto. So uh, yeah, it was busy, and uh, I knew if I will be if I will be playing my style and. Uh, Hopefully, like at some points in Marlies, and I can get call up. So yeah, I still hope before that I got call up. How do you feel about the nickname Big Z? Is that the name that you've been referred to, like in other teams? Or yeah, it's it's a, it's a nickname from Pittsburgh, um, from my first from my first season. So yeah, I'm good with that. And I heard you got the belt. How did how did that feel? Oh yeah, first 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 game, first goal, and then the belt. It's such a good feeling, you know. What were you feeling going into this when you knew you were actually going to play? Like, Nervous? Like, how did you kind of calm things down? I was nervous. Uh, it was my first game, uh, so I already got the experience. So um, tried to play my best. What was Sheldon's advice to you before the game, or did any of the players say anything to you? I just play simple, play my style, skate, and uh, go in, go into the net and shot. Sheldon mentioned. Didn't got the violin out, but okay, guy. Well. I